Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. Collective is a leading platform supporting collaboration, not competition, through an online community and events throughout the year with one purpose, to create happier property managers. The PM Collective creates connections for property managers looking to create momentum within their careers and personal life. Join me and my guests as we discuss challenges, struggles, mental health, mindset, and give advice to property managers and anyone in the industry. To find out more about our memberships, visit pmcollective.com.au. Today, we have Scott Lister, who is the director and business owner of Lister Estate Agents, joining us. Scott, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I haven't met you before or spoken to you before, so if you could just share with the listeners today a little bit about you, your background, and where you um, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, sure. I started my real estate career 19 years ago. I'd always been in a retail background, so always worked when I was at school, school holidays, but not always at appliance stores and bits and pieces like that. Started my own courier business and then was dealing with a lot of people there. And then I thought to myself, I think I'd be, I was actually applying for a rental property. And funnily enough, and uh, the property manager at the time didn't really know too much. And I thought to myself, you know what, I, I could do that. I've always liked real estate. And I went to a real estate information night for a company further down the mountain in the Penrith area, Emu Plains. And it was actually a night where they were sussing out potential staff members or somebody they thought would fit for real estate. So and that's how I started. And I was there for six years and then left there, moved up the mountains to a company that wanted me to work up here, did that, and then started my own business 12 months after that. Oh, wow. So you started quite early in there. Started uh, yeah, business quite I was, early. Yeah, I've been in real estate for approximately seven years. Yeah. So Yeah, excellent. Now when you got into real estate, when you say you get into real estate, was that as a prop like in property management or sales? I was happy to do anything, but I'd always been in sales because I'd always worked at say back in the day the Retrovision or Domain Harvey Norman. So I came from a retail background. So they they put me into there was another guy who started when he started in property management, I went straight into sales. Yeah. The and we'll come back to the sales in a minute, but you I haven't actually ever had a guest talk about up the mountains, down the mountains. So tell me a little bit about the location of where you are and that the items, the properties and tenants, same community that you're in. So we're in Springwood, New South Wales, the Blue Mountains. When I say down the mountain, I used to work at Emu Plains, the Penrith area. So yeah, we're in Springwood here. The the typical sort of tenant that we have here are working class, I'd say. There's a lot of shift workers that live in the area, police officers, ambulance, paramedics, nurses, those sorts of things. But then at the moment, over the last sort of 12 or two years, we've found that got a lot of people coming up from Sydney. And if they're not buying, they're coming up here and they'll rent for 12 months. And those people generally are, are working from home and have to go to the city maybe twice, two times a week, three times a week tops looking to take in what we have up here and come up here for the lifestyle and and then eventually look at buying. So the how far away is like your office or your area from the CBD? If, they, if someone was to work in the city, what's the distance? The train from Sydney, from Springwood to Sydney is about an hour. 
Okay. And the what would like be a median house price in your area? Eight fifty now. Eight fifty thousand. Eight fifty to nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I, I like hearing it from like the Perth region because in Perth, I've got this weekender house and it's an hour out of Perth and it's in a little location called Moore River and it's uh, very much, I think there's like 600 houses maybe maximum there mm. and it's right on the beach and it's a fishing sort of area and I am a big believer that at some stage that's going to grow because it is only an hour out of Perth and I know for me personally, in 10 or 15 years when my kids are older, I would like to be based there and then just come into the city once or twice a week. Mm. And, and it's doable when it's only an hour away. So I feel like even though it's a different sort of location, like I guess you're more going in or aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and mine sort of going towards the ocean. It's a very similar lifestyle that they offer. So that's very, very cool. Sales. Okay. So you've got into sales that you started the real estate business with property management. And so do you still actively do sales or are you quite active in the property management at the moment? How does that work in your office? I'm really big on property. So before I used to be in partnership with a with a guy and he would look after the back end of the business and the property management side of things. Realistically, I didn't really have too much to do with the property management side of things. I'd get involved if there was an issue or a situation that we needed to discuss or something we wanted to take on or something like that. But when I took over the business, I got heavily involved in property management because to me, it's the heart of the business. And I'd seen staff come and go and I know property management isn't an easy gig and I get that because there's a lot involved in it. So I, in my opinion, I wanted to change that whole perception of property management being property management, sales being sales. So for us... And we all work together as one big team. So answering your question, I do sales predominantly and I oversee the sales and I encourage all my staff. I like to give them as much opportunity as I can, but I also treat property management the same. So property management, my senior property management, Carmen, who I think you've spoken with previously, will have what she calls her toolbox meetings in the mornings with her staff or our staff. And then I sit in on them sometimes, but then we have a weekly meeting and that's everybody. And we don't just discuss sales. We don't just discuss property management. We discuss everything. So do you know, I loved my podcast with Carmen and you can pass this on to her that I remember her talking about how sales and rental listings are treated exactly the same as they come yeah. into the business in terms of marketing service, the whole lot. And I really took that away from what she was saying. And you can tell her that as a result, I have now put had two properties that I've practiced with where I have had the professional video marketing done, like we would do to sales, and I have been using that for marketing as well. So I've implemented that and I'm sort of just doing it slowly with our core area so that the rental listing is marketed the same way as the sales. So that was something that I learned from her, which I think was it, it was so like it's one of those things that you sort of know, but you just don't do it. And I yeah. don't know why you don't do it, but I just that's the yeah, biggest takeaway from your office. But why not? That was the thing. Yeah, okay, we've got, say, we manage 300 properties. Why do we just sit there and say, oh, yeah, we manage the properties and take advantage of that? Well, no. If you're a property and you're with us, you're treated like you would, you would be with sales. It's like a new property coming on with us is property management. Like, why wouldn't we do professional photography? Why wouldn't we do our Facebook advertisement the same as sales? Yeah, that person's gone and bought a property and now wants... That's that's huge. That might be their retirement. You don't know what the story is. 
generally can we can find out because we ask the right questions but that's a that's a massive thing for them and it's a big asset and it needs to be managed correctly and I think it's actually a mindset shift like because the first thing that comes to my mind is oh the owner's not going to want to spend that much money on marketing their property but that's not them telling me that that's me and my mindset suggesting that they're not going to want to spend that much money and it's like going back I can't remember maybe you know probably even as as least as five to ten years ago where we would just do photos on the phone and I I actually remember thinking oh no owners aren't going to pay for professional photos and I was very hesitant to get professional photos back then now it's just a a given like that's just what you do they know Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inspect Real Estate, or IRE, is an Australian-based software company that is passionate about creating quality, customised solutions for agents, tenants, buyers, and property owners, designed by agents for agents, because we care. IRE has now processed more than 108 million inquiries and is currently being used by thousands of industry leaders. There are many time-saving products from booking and managing inspections within our flagship product ROL, creating and managing applications with ToApply and AppChecker, and tracking keys with Keyware, through to listing on Inspect Real Estate's free property portal, Tenant App, plus so much more. Visit inspectrealestate.com.au or give us a call on 1300 934 721. One thing I tell all my staff, doesn't matter what it is, and let's use this as an example, if you assume something, it's not going to happen or it'll turn bad. That's the reality. So if you're assuming in your mind, I can't do that, I can't ask them that, well, why not? Look, if they want to shine and look the best, then you've got to spend a little bit of money sometimes to make that happen. So, yeah, I think it's about having that confidence and backing yourself. Oh, but that comes. But that comes too with. I've got staff here. They're they're all different personalities. I could throw Carmen into a situation through, and and Lisa say, and they'd handle that very differently because they're different personalities. But if you can get together every week and do training and the toolbox meetings and build that confidence, then yeah, you can do that. You can go and ask this, or how do I do this, and bounce things off each other. And it's not just coming from property management. That's why we do it. It comes from sales as well. Sales learn things from property management. Property management learns, learns things from sales. So, yeah, so it's the same. Like you guys have the same goal at the end of the day, and it's mm. still the same clients, same goals. And yeah, it's uh, definitely a big takeaway from the way you guys work. Now, yeah. let's get into managing emotions. And mm. I mean, I'll say it so that you don't have to say it. I really, it's a female dominating industry. Yeah. Females are very emotional. I have spoken to male property managers as well who are honest and say that as a male, they do feel that it's easier to deal with situations with less emotion because that's just the way that so they're wired more. So I'm just saying that so you don't have to say it because, you know. Well, yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) But uh, the managing emotions side of things, I think, is a real big, it can potentially be a big problem, to be honest, in a property management role and office. And I guess it's probably the role of the, the business owner or the general manager or the department manager to keep things quite stable, I think is the best way to say it, in an, in an office. So 
talk to me sort of about sort of what you have noticed in the industry. It doesn't have to be your office, but just in the industry with emotions and what part that plays with our roles. I think it's huge because, yeah, you're right. Property management is a more a female dominant industry, but a lot of those females too have families, they have children, and they're juggling that and the, the other things that come along with kids and all the rest of it. And that's emotional in itself as well. But what we like to do is um, basically with situations, if there's a situation, I don't call it a problem, I call it a situation. So you've got a situation that occurs, then we'll sit down and, or something might be said to one of my staff over the phone that really got to them. They were treated poorly or spoken to quite inappropriately or whatever the case may be. We've always spoken here about not reacting to a situation, you respond to it. So what I mean by that is you could say something to me on the phone and I could just go blah straight off what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling and and whatnot, and you're never going to get a good outcome with that. I feel that if you can stop, listen, take it on board and then sit down and have a discussion with either myself or or the senior property manager or a staff member, more importantly, I think it's good to discuss it with staff. That can be good but sometimes can be bad because you don't want bad influences, you want right influence and right guidance with that so they'll my staff know they can come to me for anything i'm never too busy for them and we'll sit down and we'll discuss it and then break down the situation and break down the problem the, all the problems that they're feeling to attack that in the best way you, you can because otherwise you're you're going to be reacting to something and like i said before the outcome's never good so and that may be where we've had situations in the past where we've had a tradesperson pass on a message to a, a an owner or, or or the tenant spoken to the tenant the tenant knows the owner and then the owner comes in and says why did this happen and that's actually not the case but they've blown up on the phone we've said right come in and we've sat down with them and explained the situation and it's resolved it's not really a big issue but they sometimes can throw really throw it at you on the phone but and dealing with that sometimes you can have days where you're dealing with one two three and you might have one of those days but i think it's about talking and be able to sit down and having a director or a, or a team leader that can can help you and listen and give advice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And the I know that in our office we have. I, th- I think first of all, what you said about going to you is so important. I think that's one of the biggest things that needs to be taken away is that there are so many people to talk to, and if you don't have maybe a boss that you can speak to and you don't have a colleague that you can speak to, find someone else in the industry that can help yeah. you. So that's the first step of it. And I find that by talking to people, it's such a, an important part to to quickly resolve things and so that then you're not it's not lingering on. So I've had times where I've had staff that have maybe said to me, listen, I've got a really highly stressful DV situation and they need help with it. Now, the probably yeah. my energy option one is that they just keep it to themselves lose sleep over it, find it really stressful because they don't know how they, what they're going to do. Or option two, find someone that can help you with that. So for me, I couldn't help because I haven't done enough of those situations to be confident in the right advice. But I know someone who can help them. So I would say, listen, call this person. She'll actually, she deals with it all the time. She'll be able to give you some ideas. Yeah. And I remember that person, that staff member coming back to me and saying, thank you, it's all sorted now. And they have a, a plan. So I guess like step one for people listening is to speak to someone internally or externally that can help you 
And then step two is then creating a process of, okay, this is what we're going to do, whether that's like a checklist. But sometimes Mm. it takes emotion out of it if you can just go, it's just a process. I just have to do this step first, step one, then step Mm. two, step three. That's how, yeah, and I think like officers like you probably do it naturally, but I don't think it comes naturally to a lot of people. No, it doesn't. But sometimes too, like I, I look at things, Ashley, sometimes, like let's say I've had a staff, it doesn't happen a lot, but let's say there's a bit of a reoccurring thing and they're not performing because something's upsetting them. And it might be something that comes, like I say, a reoccurring thing. I look at that and I think, well, they're not performing. Are they okay? And I'll sit down with them because if I want them to be happy. If they're not happy, I feel like I'm not doing my job right. So I've had discussions in the past where I've come in and something might be a little bit too close to home for them to deal with or they might be going through something else outside of work and with probably management agents stressful. But if I think you've got that, well, it doesn't have to be a director. It could be someone that you can go to, like you're saying. It's, it's definitely – and I think it's about staff being aware of body language and how they're reacting and how they're feeling, if the vibe's good. I'm really, really big on culture. So culture in my office is huge. What would you do in a hypothetical if you had a staff member where they've come into the office, they're grumpy as all hell, obviously nothing to do with work, you could walk into the office in a foul mood. Yep. Would What would a situation like that look at? Who who deals with that? Do the staff deal with it? Do you deal with it? Do you buy and get on top of it straight away or do you just let it see how the day goes out? Like what would that look like in your office? Yeah, good question. I My office is predominantly female. So I have four in property management. My PAs my, is China. She's female. My receptionist and office admin, Amelia. Women pick up on things quite quickly. So if I'm not here, they might pull me aside when I'm here and say, look, this has happened. Such and such isn't isn't happy or they've come in. Well, they might not notice at all. Let's say I, let's say I am here. I would pull them aside and say, noticed that you just you're not really looking like you're happy or you look uncomfortable if something happened and they'll say no no I'm fine everything's all right well well, no obviously I can tell you not and answering your question that might be me saying look go home if depending on the situation you might want to go or let's sit down talk about it or go take a walk have a coffee chill out but it's more about talking and assessing the situation but I don't I've had something happen with staff before it's family and They've come in, they're not in a good mood and something bad's happened. They can't, it's out of their control. And sometimes it's hard to keep that facade all the time and they've gone home. I don't have a problem with that because that's what they need to. Family's important. But it could be other things too. They could just be in a bad mood and that might mean, well, let's have a talk about it and maybe take some time out, go and take 15 minutes, get a coffee, come back and get get your head right sort of thing. So Yeah, I, I am someone who doesn't cope very well with emotions. So right. I find that my staff, I'm very fortunate in that they do look after each other really well and they know each other really well and they're, they're long-term. So their connection is really close. So I find, which works for me, but I don't recommend this as a, an advice or anything like that. But yeah. I know that if my staff identify that someone is feeling stressed in the office, they will personally pull that person aside and say, we're going for a walk or we're going to go get a coffee. And yeah. that's and they, they will just go buy that person a coffee and sit and give them 15 minutes out of the office. So yeah. I like I love that that they sort of self-regulate each other. Yeah, I get that too. The office. Yeah. I'll come in and Carmen will tell me that she's had meetings with the girls or two of them or one of them and I haven't had to do anything 
Yeah. But I'm informed of what's happened and they found something really stressful. They feel like they're running out. They don't have enough time to do things through the day and they'll just sit down and talk about it. And she's very good with that. Well, she'll sit down and let's, okay, let's look at it. And like you said before, let's look at a checklist or let's do this. It's not wholly and solely me. I mean, it's, uh, I've got great staff around me, but Carmen's exceptional with that sort of thing and she'll be able to pull them aside, take them out the back, have a talk with them, sit down. It might be 15 minutes. could be an hour. doesn't matter. It but they know how to do that, yeah. I did a fantastic training exercise and I guess this is probably a tip that I'll share if there is an office out there that has a pretty like a stressful environment or department and if people are highly emotional in their office. What we found was, and this was facilitated, but it could definitely be done um, done with us, is we went around the table and we scored ourselves how we were feeling on a stress ratio between one and 10. So for example, yeah. I would put myself down as a as a five out of 10, like I'm not feeling too stressed, like I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy five out of 10. And I considered that average. And we went around, there were some people that were, that put themselves as a two, some people that put themselves as an eight. But what was actually more important was what we rated each other. So privately yeah. we went around to start off with. So everyone actually like rated me as a two out of 10 from a stress point of view. I put myself in the five, <laughs> they put myself as like no stress. Actually. Yeah. But then yeah. it worked the other way. I had staff members that like we, that we might've all put at a, at a three, for example, but she put herself as an eight. That yeah. was a problem in itself because what that actually told us is that we're not identifying that this no. staff member is feeling very stressed and we have potentially dismissed an emotion. And then there were people, staff members that we put at an eight and they put themselves as an eight. So what was important about that situation was that we are all clear with how they're feeling and we're all together we've identified that that person is in a stressful situation whether it's home or work and we are aware of that and so we are looking after it but the problem comes when it's mismatched I find and people Mm. aren't recognizing it and what I really loved about that exercise was that it did open up that conversation for people that were stressed that we didn't recognize but it also gave people a, a safety net so for a little while we actually did check-ins so instead of actually someone saying I'm not coping or I'm not really feeling that good emotionally because that's really hard to articulate those words all it meant is that we just use numbers instead so it could be how is everyone feeling and people they feel safer saying two five seven because they don't have to do any more than just mention a number and then we know to be a little bit more gently with that person that day yeah that's a good idea yeah, it was a really good exercise. So definitely in an office, yeah, if, if someone does have a, a very stressful department, then yeah. that would be they can you can get in touch with anyone can get in touch with me and I'll give you the name of that person who facilitated that because it was fantastic. Yeah, it exercise. sounds really good. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I think you just have to be open to those those training and, and things like that. And I guess as as a boss not being not like just being a little bit vigilant on what's going on and not dismissive as well. My next question for you is, is people's emotional, this is just personal opinion, people's mm. emotional tolerance, do you think that that's something that is just naturally built in or do you think that there is sort of like ways to become less emotional, more emotional? You know what I mean? Is it just something yeah, that I just do. is a bridge? I think it's built into some people. I think 
it's not built into most. So, and I think that you way of overcoming that is basically through doing. You're going to deal with how to handle that situation or not handle it. If say a situation occurs and you've never experienced it before and you're very emotional and it's upset you, well, if that's going to happen again, we're going to break that down. We're going to work out why. We're going to work out how you felt, what was said. Uh, more importantly, we're not going to do that again or try not to do it again or react like that again. And, and you break that down because I think like if you haven't experienced them, you don't know how you're going to react. So if it has happened, acknowledge it is the biggest thing. And then what I found is over the years that you're able to not go in armed as such, but you kind of have prepped yourself. You've been down this road before, you know what it's like and how to handle that situation differently to what you did the first time. But it's uh, answering your question, I think it's just through experiencing what's happened. You can train about situations. You can train about different things. You can discuss, go to all seminars. But unless you've actually experienced it, you don't really know what it feels like. Yeah, 100%. And I'm just sort of on my notes, I have, I think that one thing that is important in a way is if there is an emotional situation that's come up, quite often we can be tempted just to avoid that situation again. Or option two is working through that situation so that you can get better at dealing with it. And I remember Jet Xavier um, talking about how property management is, is a sport and property managers in a way do need to just get better at playing playing the game and playing okay. the sport because I think that we wish things go away. We wish we don't have difficult owners, difficult tenants, difficult colleagues, whatever it may be. But the truth is, is that that's not going to go away and we can't control those situations, but we can control how we deal with it and yeah. our emotions and our processes. So I feel like we do need to work through and I don't want to say toughen up because I know that's not sort of the right technical right. word to use, but you've definitely just got to, if practice makes perfect and when you've had so many situations, you just mm. deal with them less emotionally because it's like, you know what I mean? You've been there, done that, I know what to do. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a bit like, um, a bit like being in a team. If you're a football team, say, or a netball team, or if you're not winning and you're not kicking goals or scoring goals, then maybe it's the attitude. Maybe it's who are you going to for the advice? This is the other thing too. This is what I'm trying to make sense of what I just said. But if you if you're experiencing something and it's emotional and you're you're finding it hard, and how do you deal with that? If you're going to the wrong person, that person that goes, well, they're just they're just a bitch. Don't worry about it. They're idiots. You're not going to get any better. It's a bit like having a team that's got a poor attitude. They're not going to they're not going to win. Or a coach that gives you wrong advice. Like, let's look at it from my side of things. If I just told them to suck it up and deal with it, well, they're not going to get any better. But if that person needs to be able to go to the right person for the right advice and have the right attitude, I'm, I'm huge on that. Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic way to, to finish off today's podcast. So, Scott, thank you for joining us. Yes, and if anyone does sort of want a little bit more, pick Scott's brain or my brain just with the city emotions or if you're struggling with something, even as a business owner, we talked about reaching out as property managers when they get difficult situations. Yes. But if anyone has a difficult situation as a business owner, I will suggest either you know getting in touch with Scott. I'm, I'm putting you under the bus now and suggesting no, you a phone call. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. no problems at all. Yeah, reach out to Scott or myself, and we can definitely assist or definitely refer you into the right direction if there's someone we know that can help. So, Scott, thank you so much for being on board. No worries. Thank you very much for having me.
The team at The Grout Guy are leading experts in regrouting, waterproofing and tiling services nationwide. Property managers find comfort in their 10-year waterproof warranty on all full shower regrouts. Visit thegroutguy.com.au to rejuvenate your property's tiles and grout now. 